You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Well, hey, praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Michael Jakes, and welcome once again to the Sunday Sermon Series. We're here once again with a word for your heart and for your soul, and we are so very glad that you are able to join us. Amen. We are streaming right now over Facebook and YouTube, and we pray that you'll be able to grab your Bible, grab your smart device, and join us. Uh, we are very excited today to be uh, beginning a brand new series, a series entitled Saints of the Lord Cry Out. We're going to be discovering what happens when God's people pray. And on today, we're going to be talking about four great expectations. Amen. Four great expectations. If you want to know what that means? Stick around. We'll get started right after we get back. Welcome back and uh, good morning to those of you who are watching right now. Praise the Lord. It's so good to have you here with us. Amen. Uh, we pray once again you'll be able to stay with us for a few minutes as we open up the word of God. Amen. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we thank you once again for giving us this wonderful opportunity, Lord, to open up your word. Lord, we don't know what we would do without you. We don't know what we would do without your word, Lord Jesus. Lord, we would have no hope, Lord Jesus. We would be of all people most miserable. But Lord, we pray and we thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word. And we pray that you will be with us even now as we open up your word, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray uh, that you will give us clarity of mind and heart, even as your word goes forth. Draw those who need to hear these words today to this place on the World Wide Web. Lord, whether we're watching live or whether we're watching on the replay, Lord, I pray that your spirit will, your spirit will reach out, Lord Jesus, and, and touch and encourage and enlighten and empower Lord, have your way through your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to remind you that you can share out this page and others also may be blessed. Uh, you can share it out if you're watching over Facebook. Amen. And um, we just want to make sure that as many people as possible are able to hear the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to draw your attention to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter number 29. And there are many different places uh, that uh, we could have started here this morning in talking about this subject of prayer. Amen. And we're going to be on it for the 
next several weeks. But there are many places that I could have started. But I want to start here in Jeremiah chapter 29 uh, and verse number 12. Amen. It sort of will set uh, the foundation for what we're going to be talking about for the next few minutes. Amen. Jeremiah chapter number 29. And let's start in verse number 12. It says, then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. This morning, we want to talk for a few minutes about those four great expectations. Four great expectations. What should we expect from prayer? When you pray, and we all pray, uh, the frequency the frequency with which we pr all pray may be different. Some may pray more than others. Now, of course, we know that Scripture says that we are to pray at all times. Prayer should be a vital part of every Christian life, a, a, a vital part, not just, not just a piece. Uh, prayer is a vital, a major part of who we are as Christians. And we're going to talk about this morning, just for a few minutes, uh, four things that we can expect as we pray. Amen. Four things to expect. Now, uh, to help us along, to help you along as we talk about prayer, uh, you can uh, go to our sister broadcast, our sister podcast, uh, the Cutting It Right Bible Study, and you will find uh, that we have also begun a series on prayer essentials. It's not an accident that we've set it up this way. Prayer essentials. And we've been talking about, uh, we just started talking about uh, prayer uh, on that particular podcast also. We talked about the battle, the battle, amen, and that prayer is a battle. So we understand that that's one of the things that you can expect. That's not one of the things we're going to talk about today. Uh, but one of the things that you can expect from prayer is that there's going to be opposition. There's going to be opposition. The enemy is going to line up against you when you make up your mind to pray. When we look at Daniel, look at Daniel uh, in the Old Testament, and we read how he was determined uh, to pray. And even when those, uh, the haters that he had in his life, uh, all of those individuals that saw him, that were jealous of him, that did not like him uh, because of his relationship with his God, uh, how they how they plotted against him to bring him down. Uh, that if anyone would pray uh, to any other god except uh, except the god that they were the the king that is uh, that they would be punished. And Daniel had purposed in his heart that he was going to pray, and he knew exactly what the punishment was. He knew exactly what it was to be thrown to the lions. Then he knew exactly what it was, but yet the Bible says that he went home. He opened up his windows and he prayed, which he had, had he, which he had done three times a day, and he continued to do so in the face of the opposition. Amen. So prayer was why one of the reasons why they came against Daniel, but prayer was what also empowered him to keep on doing what he was doing. Amen. And we're going to talk about that today. Amen. So four great expectations that we can. Uh, that we receive from prayer. Number one, as we just finished talking about Daniel, power. Prayer 
will give you power. Amen. We read in, let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 40 and verse number 31. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 31. I know you, I know you know exactly uh, what scripture I'm talking about. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. We see that prayer releases the power of God. And once again, when it talks, when it talks there about waiting on God, there, there is that there is something that we do that we have to do. We need to learn how to wait and to wait patiently on the Lord. And when we wait patiently upon the Lord, he promises to renew our strength. He will give us renewed vigor. He will give us renewed power. Amen. When we let's go back to uh let's go back to uh uh let's go back to uh Isaiah chapter 40. Let's start in verse number 29. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But then it goes into, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So renewed vigor, strength, empowerment when we pray. That can be expected. Now, let me give you, as we've been talking about prayer here, let me give you the bottom line on prayer. When we talk about all these things that we that we should look to receive when we pray, it must be underscored that prayer must be done in faith. Prayer must be done in faith. If we are going to see the Lord move, if we are going to see great things when we pray, we must have faith. Not faith in our prayer. Not faith in the fact that we are praying, but faith in the one who has given us the gift of prayer. Faith in Christ, understanding that prayer is one of the blessings of the cross. Prayer is one of the blessings of the cross. Were it not for the cross, there would be no prayer. There would be no need for prayer. We would be, of all men, most miserable, as we said, but we can pray. Amen. We can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in our time of need. Amen. That's because of the cross. So let me underscore that. All of these things that we can expect and this is not an ex this is not going to be an exhaustive list, but of these four things that we're talking about today that we receive when we pray, that we can expect to receive when we pray, it's all because of our faith in him. Our faith in him who causes all things to be. Amen. So that's very important to remember. So uh, prayer gives us the power that we need. It strengthens us. Let me go to Ephesians. Ephesians uh, chapter number three. Ephesians chapter number three. Uh, in verse, let's start in verse number 14. Ephesians chapter three. And starting in verse number 14, it says, for this cause, this is Paul the Apostle speaking, and he, listen, we're going to be talking about some great, a great prayer uh, that he prayed for the Ephesian church, but this is just another part of it. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is, is named. Here's his prayer. Here's what he prayed, that he would grant you 
according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That was his prayer for the Ephesian church, that they would be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That is what we need. You and I need to be strengthened with his might, strengthened by his power, amen, because we cannot do this alone. We There is no way that you and I can live this life ourselves, amen, strengthened with his might by his spirit in the inner man. And that's where it that that's where it matters in the inner man. We need his strength, amen. And so, prayer when we pray in faith, we can and should expect him to empower us, amen. We should expect to be strengthened in the inner man. Second great expectation in prayer is that the Lord will bring preparation. Preparation. The Lord prepares us. When we pray, he is preparing us. You say, what do you, what do you mean? How, how is the Lord preparing us uh, when we pray? He prepares us. When we pray, he's preparing us for hard times. When we pray, he's preparing us for dry times. When we pray, he is uh, preparing us for quiet times, those times when we can't sense his presence, we are yet still to pray. He's preparing us for glad times. Prayer prepares us for sad times. Prayer prepares us for mad times when we are when we are not in our right place. Prayer is preparation. Prayer is preparation. Let me read uh, Jeremiah chapter 33. And verse number three, Jeremiah 33 and verse number three, it says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. I will show thee great and mighty things that you know not. That's what prayer does. And that actually leads to great expectation number three. Prayer, in prayer, God will reveal. He reveals, amen? There's revelation uh, when we pray, amen? And that's important uh, to understand. What does he prepare us for? What does he prepare us for? And what does he reveal? Once again, he prepares us for all of the different things, all of the different vicissitudes of life, all the things that can go wrong. He, he prepares us. But once again, he also reveals to us his own nature. He reveals to us who he is, the more intimate, the more we communicate with him, the more he begins to show us who he is. Amen. And that's so very important that we understand who he is. Through prayer, he also reveals to us who we are. Amen. In prayer, we realize that we are not uh, all that we believe that we are, all that we think we are, that we can do nothing without him. Through prayer, we, re we realize just how weak and frail we are because he says, what does he say? He says, call upon me, call upon me. The Bible says that we should call upon him uh, in our day of trouble. He will be with us. And so once again, it's important to understand that you and I cannot do this alone. We cannot live this life 
in Christ by ourselves. That is something that we cannot uh, presume to do. So there is power. There, excuse me. There is preparation. There is revelation. Finally, the fourth thing, in prayer, we find that there will be direction. Direction. He directs us. He leads us to the place where we need to go. Now, if you look at all of these four things, you see that they are intertwined. They go hand in hand. Each of these four great expectations, he gives us power, and that power in turn prepares us. That power, once again, it prepares us, and not only does it prepare us, it begins to reveal things to us. And what does it reveal? It reveals our purpose. Our purpose. Purpose is a is a is a word that's thrown around very loosely uh, in Christian circles. Your purpose, my purpose, our purpose, and and for me, as I understand purpose, purpose is simply walking in obedience to the Lord, walking in obedience to that which the Lord has called you called us to do. When you go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number thirteen. Hebrews chapter number 13, and let's go to verse number 30. Hebrews 13, Hebrews chapter 13, and verse number 20, I'm sorry. Hebrews 13 and 20, here's what it says. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Once again, that's his purpose. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's talking about his purpose. And what is it? How does, how does uh, this verse uh, describe his purpose? That you might be perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. That's his purpose. Now, once again, to be more specific, the Lord will lead you and guide you. What do we say? Prayer is going to direct you. It's going to point you in the direction that you need to go. The Lord will show you through prayer where exactly he wants you to be. We read about uh, Paul the Apostle in Acts chapter number 16. Uh, let's go there real quick. Uh, Acts chapter number 16. And we read about Paul, who was busy doing the work of the Lord, but yet and still, as he was doing the work of the Lord, the Lord yet was able to bring him to the side and, and give him and add a layer, put it this way, he added a layer to that which uh, he called him to do. It says here in verse number, Acts 16, and verse number 6. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were gone to Mycenae, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mycenae, came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called 
us for to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course from Samothracia and the next day to Neapolis. Now, all of this, all what it means is the fact that as they were, as they were aligned with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was able to lead and direct Paul and his companions to the place where they needed to be. And no doubt, as Paul may have been, most likely was, but he, as he was in prayer, doesn't mention prayer here, but it simply says that he, a vision appeared to him in the night. Amen. And many times in scripture, not all times, uh, but in the New Testament, many times prayer is associated with uh, having a vision, a vision, vision rather is associated with prayer. And here, as he prayed, the Lord was able to direct him in the place uh, where he should go. Amen. So that's very important. And when we talk about prayer, once again, uh, we're talking about uh, discernment, uh, being able to being able to hear the voice of the Lord. Once again, uh, it's also uh, talking about being able to to not only hear His voice but know His voice when He is speaking, when He is not speaking. Because once again. When we pray, as we talked about the battle, there will be distractions. The enemy will come. We've already mentioned the fact that when you pray, the first thing you should expect is that battle, is that fight, is that opposition. Satan does not want you to pray. Do not pray. According to Satan, do not pray. Why? Because he knows exactly what prayer is all about. He understands exactly what praise is all about. He understands what happens when you uh, align yourself with the Lord through prayer. He understands exactly what happens. He knows in that in that frame, in, in, when that happens, prayer is dangerous to him. To him. Prayer becomes dangerous to him when you involve yourself, when you dedicate yourself uh, to prayer. And when you begin to pray in faith, by faith, and expect these four great things. You become dangerous to his kingdom. Once again, power. We said preparation. We said revelation. And we said direction. When you have those things in mind, when you realize where prayer will bring you, where prayer will take you, you will find yourself more of an enemy. If not, you're already an enemy to him, to Satan. But you will find yourself at odds with Satan because you're doing the exact thing that he does not want you to do. But here's what I always say. Do what the devil hates. That, that, do what the devil hates every single time. Don't worry, don't worry about offending the devil. No, do what the devil hates. Do the exact opposite of what the devil would want you to do. The devil doesn't want you to go to church, you go to church. The devil doesn't want you to read your Bible, read your Bible. The, doesn't, the devil doesn't want you to pray, pray. Once again, do what the devil hates. Okay? We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Do what the devil hates every single time. Amen? Allow the Lord to have his way. 
Allow the Lord to have his way. And there are many other things. Listen, there are many other things that we can expect when we pray. When we pray, we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking about uh, in several weeks, we're going to be talking about other aspects of prayer. We're going to be talking about praying in the spirit. Amen. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what does it mean? What does it mean to uh, to push? P-U-S-H. What does it mean to pray until something happens? We're going to be we're going to be talking uh, about that. Uh, if not here, we're going to be talking about it in our prayer essentials uh, on Wednesday nights. But these these facts are important. These truths are important. Amen. And we got to make sure that we treat truth the right way. One of the ways that we uh, treat truth, we have to embrace the truth. When we hear truth, we have to embrace it. Amen. We have to lock ourselves into truth. Amen. And reject anything that is not of God. Reject it. It doesn't matter if it's coming from someone that you know, that you love, uh, that you follow. If it's not true, it must be rejected. Okay, it must be rejected if it's not true. Amen. It has to be scripture. Amen. And that's so very important. Scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. And it says they shall what? Run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. So that that is important. That is important. Uh, so, so as we begin to close, as we begin to close, I want to bring your attention uh, to Second Chronicles chapter number seven. Let me close out with Second Chronicles chapter number seven to a very familiar portion of scripture, and it's chapter seven and verse number fourteen. Second Chronicles chapter seven and verse number fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So what does this verse, what is this verse saying? Once again, it's talking about expectations. It's talking about expectations. We talked about we talked about first of all, there needs to be faith. There needs to be faith, and obviously, all of our prayers should be grounded in faith. But then, aside from faith, and not not pushing aside faith, but in addition, it's better. Let's say that in addition uh, to faith, there must be humility. Humility. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Humility. We can't come to the Lord uh, with the attitude uh, of the Pharisee. Jesus told that parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. We cannot come to the Lord with that mindset. Look what I do. Look what I've done. No. If you come to the Lord with that mindset, if you come to the Lord with those words, he will shun you. Okay? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Amen? And so we need to be humble, amen? And that word humble simply means to subdue yourself. It means to bend your knee. It means to be prostrate. That's what it's talking about, what it's talking about being humble. You cannot, you cannot come to the Lord showing him and telling him all the things that you are 
or that you think you are and telling him all the things that you have done. This was the problem of those in Matthew chapter number seven. We've done this, we've done this, we've done this. Their life was full of pride, but it was empty because the Lord said, I do not know you. So we can't presume to come to the Lord in our, in, in our pride. We will be rejected. It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek. Seek. He said, well, that's the same thing as praying. Well, seeking has to do with the attitude. Seeking has to do with the attitude that we ought to have as we pray, just as we ought to be humble. But to seek him is to strive. To seek him is to battle. To seek him is to contend. It is not to give up. We must pray through. It's what scripture means when it says, wait on the Lord. It's what scripture means when the Bible says that they tarried. They were waiting for the Lord to bring an answer uh, to, to their prayer. They were waiting for the Spirit of God to show up. And show up he did in, in Acts chapter number two. But to seek him means to strive. It means to go forward. It means not to be pushed back. Amen. Seek his face. Dedicate yourself to the place of prayer. That's what it's about. So if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And here's where many have a problem. Turn from their wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways. Once again, it's an attitude. We must come with an attitude of repentance. We must come with an attitude of repentance. If we are to expect those four great expectations, we must come this way. We must come this way in faith, with humility, with a mind to pray through, and with a mind to turn, to turn, to go back, to repent. Amen. If we don't have these three, we talked about four great expectations, but if we don't have these three attitudes in our hearts as we pray, once again, we cannot expect that the Lord is going to work in our behalf. Can't come in pride. We can't come and 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 do listen, it's it, it's and it's not about it's not about how long your prayer is. When we talk about striving. It's not about how long your prayer is. It, it, it's about where your prayer is coming from. Where is your prayer coming from? How urgent is your prayer? I know in my life that I have gone down on my knees to pray and gone down with great expectations and get down on my knees and get bombarded with this thing and that thing and, and, and get distracted. And before you know it, that prayer that I had in mind, in my heart, to, to be something of value, it ended up being nothing because I gave up on my prayer. The prayer was over quick because I would not, I did not pray through. I, I, I've been there in my life, and maybe you have too, but the point is we must be ready to contend. We must be ready to strive. We must be ready to battle even when we pray. Amen? so very important. And to turn, we need to retreat. We need to repent. We need to go back. Amen. It is so important. 
So these three attitudes, along with uh, faith, which is the bottom line, we can expect our four great expectations, power, preparation, revelation, and direction. That's what happens when I come in faith, when I come in humility, when I come with a mind to fight the enemy, and when I come with a mind to repent because prayer, not only will it direct me in the place where I need to go, but prayer will also point out exactly what needs to be fixed in my life. He will point out my sin and I should already come to him with a mind to confess. I didn't mention that, but we need to confess. When the Lord points out sin in our life, we should not push it away. That's not me. Yes, that's you. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Yes. You and I, as God's people, have wicked ways. We don't like to look at ourselves that way. No, I'm not wicked. I'm God's child. No, I'm not wicked. He's called me to do a work. No, I'm not. We have wicked ways. Okay? And when he points out wicked ways, we need to confess. Confessibly means saying the same thing that God says. If he says I have wicked ways, then I have wicked ways. And once that happens, once I'm aware of my wicked ways, I repent. I turn around. I go away from my sin and I turn myself to him. Amen. But once again, all of this, all of these things are acts of faith. We, we live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We pray in faith. All of the things that we do, we repent, we confess. It's all by faith. Amen. The just shall live. By faith. Everything that we do is marked by faith. But it has to be faith in the right place. Faith in Christ and who he is. Amen. And that's so important. Four great and powerful expectations. Expect them when we come to him in the right way. Amen. Humility, I mean humbly, with a mind to fight. And with a mind to repent, you will expect and you will see God work. Amen. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, once again for giving us uh, this word in our hearts. And Lord, we pray that this word is spoken to your people, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that none of us, none of us can say that we are authorities on prayer. While some may pray more than others, as far as time goes, uh, Lord, none of us can say that we are authorities, Lord Jesus, because all of us can pray more. But Lord, we pray that we will take these, these points, Lord Jesus, these, these small prayer points and begin to use them, Lord Jesus, and activate them in our hearts and in our lives, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to be effective when we pray. And Lord, we expect you to do great things as we come to you with the right attitude. Lord, do great and mighty things. We expect it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. God is good.
Thank the Lord for who he is. Thank the Lord for what he has done. Thank the Lord for what he is going to do. Amen. And uh, as always, we want to invite you uh, to join us uh, this week as we continue uh, seeking the Lord uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we will be here with our line by line podcast. We are in the book of Matthew chapter number 11, Matthew chapter number 11. Uh, and we're moving right along. Amen. Uh, and that's tomorrow night at seven o'clock PM. I pray that you can join us. Amen. On Tuesday night, we'll be here once again with the Bible Speaks Live. We'll have a word for your heart and for your soul. Amen. We pray that you can join us at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. Amen. On Wednesday night, we're continuing in our first principles of the Christian life, and we are in a series called Prayer Essentials. Amen. And we will continue talking about prayer. Amen. And that's coming up this Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. And next week, we'll be back here once again with the second installment of our series entitled Saints of the Lord Cry Out. Amen. We're looking forward to that. Amen. So God is good. God is good. Amen. You can also get our book, which is Churchified or Sanctified. It's now available on Amazon.com. We pray that you have gotten your copy. If you have gotten your copy and have gotten around to uh, reading it, uh, we pray that you will just uh, leave a review on Amazon, uh, and that would be very helpful uh, to us. Amen. And uh, here's the book, once again, Sanctified, uh, rather, <laughs> Churchified or sanctified, amen. And uh, we think it, it'll be a blessing to your heart and to your life, amen. Well, that's it for me here today. And uh, don't forget, if you're watching over Facebook, to share out this page that others uh, also may be blessed, amen. And hopefully, you'll be able to join us tomorrow night as we are in the book of Matthew, going verse by verse. We are in chapter number 11. If you can't join us tomorrow night, you can join us Tuesday night or Wednesday night. Join us anytime you can. Amen. We're here with the word of God, and we pray that you pray for us as we pray for you. We thank you uh, for those who do join us on, on these Sundays. Uh, you are an encouragement uh, to us, and we thank the Lord for you. Amen. We pray for you, and I pray that you pray for us. Amen. Uh, so I thank you once again for being with us. Amen. So until next time, we will see you. Have a great day and God bless you. Time to take this submarine back up. Oh, but it's tax season up there, Captain. You know, all that stressing over taxes isn't necessary with Tax Act. How did you get April here to remind you that with Tax Act, you're guaranteed your maximum refund while filing for less? Beats being submerged for another month. May, hey, Captain? To your stations. We're headed home. Guess I should probably close that window I opened. What? Kidding. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See taxact.com for details.